He's big and strong, he's sad and mad, and a little bit funny. You are listening to the Crash Program. Welcome to Season 3 of the Crash Program. I'm your host, Crash Barry. Season 3 is going to be a little bit different from the true crime investigation of Season 1 or Season 2 stories about living on Maine's most remote inhabited island when I was a much younger man. Season 3 will be a mix of different shows, including new episodes of Devils and Dirtbags, new episodes of Open Ears, my interview podcast, as well as a brand new podcast called Disinfomaniacs with my co-hosts Andy O'Brien and Nathan Bernard, where we report on how propaganda from the liars and grifters trying to destroy democracy trickles down to the local level. The Crash Program is commercial-free thanks to listener support via Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you a Mary Margaret sticker, plus access to my Patreon-only stories from my time as a sailor in the U.S. Coast Guard, fighting the war on drugs and the war on Haitian refugees. Plus, after six months, you receive a signed copy of either my novel, Sex, Drugs, and Blueberries, or my memoir, Tough Island. Ten bucks a month gets you all that, plus a special invite to an annual meetup in Maine where you are sure to have a good time. For more info and a link to my Patreon page, visit CrashBerry.com. Now, on with Episode 1 of Disinfomaniacs. Disinfomaniacs is a podcast about the liars, the grifters, and the fascist charlatans intent on destroying democracy. We will be reporting on how their propaganda trickles down to negatively impact local communities. We are here to expose, debunk, and pre-bunk the disinfomaniacs. My name is Crash Barry. Joining me are a couple of cool comrades, Nathan Bernard. How's it going? And Andy O'Brien. Hi there. Since this is our first episode of Disinfomaniacs, here's a brief explainer about our team. The three of us are friends and writers with a variety of shared interests. I'm an investigative journalist and author of several books. For the last 30 years, I've been writing about the intersection of culture and politics in Maine. Nathan Bernard, what do you want listeners to know about you? Uh, I'm an internet guy. I've been tracking and reporting on the far right internet for the last seven years. Uh, national morons like Ben Shapiro to local idiots like the guy we're going to talk about today. Um, yeah. And it's how I met Andy and Crasher, you know, uh, publishing some stories on the far right here in Maine. What about you, Andy O'Brien? What can you disclose about yourself? Well, I'm a writer, a columnist and a fellow chud tracker. And also a historian and a former state lawmaker. I think it's better <laughs> to say that. That's sure. not secret. Okay. All right. Today, fellas, we're going to talk about a main millionaire influenced by far-right notables who was inspired to come up with a plan to launch not one, but two transphobic citizen referendums in Maine. This dude's first referendum would ban gender reassignment-related surgeries for minors, and his second referendum would require all schools in Maine to provide parents with written notification of any classroom discussion of gender theory and allow parents to opt out and keep their kids home from school that day. 
Yep, that sounds not good to me. Well, I appreciated you letting us know uh, about another middle-aged sicko obsessed with gender and sexuality of kids. This is a never-before-told brand-new story here, and it starts back in mid-September. I was checking on one of my sock puppet accounts on social media that I use to monitor far-right politicians and, I guess you would say, far-right influencers in Maine. And I came across a post of a photo of um, a late-model Ford pickup truck with a 4 by 6 foot professionally printed sign in the truck bed. And this vehicle was parked near the front door of John Bapp's High School, a private high school in Bangor that has about 500 students. Andy, as our historian, could you briefly explain who John Bapps was? Sure. So John Bapps was a Swiss Jesuit missionary, educator, and kind of an edge lord who lived in Maine during the 1850s. Uh, at the time, the radical Protestant Know Nothing movement was in full force in Maine. Uh, their official name uh, of the Know Nothing Party was the American Party. Sometimes they called themselves the Order of the Star Spangled Banner. And their whole purpose was to oppose Catholicism. And so this was a time when a lot of impoverished Irish refugees were fleeing the Great Famine in Ireland, and these Protestant Yankee Mainers were terrified that this massive wave of immigrants with their high fertility rates would take over the country with their numbers and, and install a, a Catholic theocracy run by the Pope in Rome, you know, subverting traditional Yankee values and their Protestant religion. So it's kind of like the 19th century version of the great replacement theories you hear today. Uh, so there was a lot of QAnon type conspiracies about Catholics, uh, sex dungeons and basements of churches and priests abusing children and that kind of thing. But anyway, uh, these sort of Romanist conspiracies fueled anti-Catholic mobs throughout Maine, attacking Irish shanty towns and burning down Catholic churches and Bath and Lewiston. And in Ellsworth, where John Bapps lived, these gangs of uniformed know-nothing gangs roamed the streets like the mini five points for the movie Gangs of New York. And, and John Bapps loved to troll the know-nothings. Uh, and an uproar ensued when he very publicly denounced public schools for insisting on the use of the Protestant Bible, even with Catholic children. So after Bat's uh, denouncement uh, of the Protestant Bible, uh, he moved to Bangor. But after the Ellsworth Town Meeting passed a resolution in 1854, uh, essentially threatening to kick his ass if he ever returned, uh, he decided to troll them further by returning to town to visit that October. And when he returned to town, he was immediately attacked by ruffians who robbed him and beat the shit out of him, tarred him, feathered him, and literally rode him out of town on a rail. Uh, he later built the first Catholic church in Bangor in 1856. And when John Bapp's high school was built uh, as a Catholic school in, eight, in 1928, uh, it was named in his memory. So basically, he was a Catholic priest troll who got tarred and feathered. He was literally run out of town on a rail. What does it actually mean to be run out of town on a rail? I think they, they ran him down the railroad tracks. And he was tarred and feathered at that time. Yeah, like maybe they put him on one, you know, those old pump... Uh, yeah, like in the cartoons where you see two guys going back and forth. Yeah, okay. yeah, like I imagine him strapped to that, tarred and feathered, and then they're just pumping it all the way back to Bangor. And you got to wonder back then, where did they get the tar? Uh, you know, and that would probably would have been expensive to do that. Anyways, let's come back to the uh, modern Chud um, troll here. 
Uh, Nathan, back to that pickup truck. Could you read the sign uh, in the back of the pickup truck? Yeah, let's see. So Ford F-150 pickup truck here that was parked outside John Baps High School. Uh, big yellow sign says men are not women in the middle. Uh, we kind of have a rainbow of different phrases around that big middle statement. Um, the rainbow says children are not adults. Illusion is not reality. Seven is not eight. Emotion is not biology. Up is not down. Big is not small. Green is not red. Squirrels are not fish. Soda is not ketchup. Stupid is not smart. Politics is not science. So, yeah, interesting stuff that we got going on up here. Yeah, I, I mean, the sign is professionally printed, but I don't really understand the concept other than I understand that it's transphobic. It's it's pretty wordy from a communications perspective. Right. I'm not I'm not sure what he's trying to get across here, aside from, yeah, transphobia. More importantly to me is who would spend the cash and time and energy to print up this poster and set the thing up in front of John Babs High School. So, Nathan, can you zoom in? And read the text on the bottom of that. Uh, the bottom text says human rights always nonsense dot 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 never. And then in the middle, it says truth matters dot world, which seems to be some sort of web web URL that he has going on here. Yes. Truth matters dot world. I guess world is cheaper than a dot com. Um, and there's also in really small uh, letters, uh, a street address uh, for a main street address in the town of or in the city of brewer across the river about a mile drive from john Baps high school we'll get back to that physical address in a second but let's talk about the website truthmatters.world and when i visited that site it was basically just a series of blog posts by a dude calling himself get this his name is major hassle yes major hassle and his plans are to insert quote and these are his words truth suppositories across Maine's largest cities to warn the masses about the dangers of gender theory and reassignment surgery. And we'll get back to those truth suppositories later. But the website also had a bunch of PDFs of various signs that had like transphobic messages on them, like the one seen in the back of the truck. And the website, you go to the website and the same brewer address is found there. So then I do some research on that. And the address is uh, a nine-bedroom mansion and carriage house on a tiny lot near a busy intersection about a block away from the Penobscot River on the Brewer side of the river, obviously. And according to city tax records, the building, which used to be the corporate headquarters for Maine's Girl Scouts, is currently owned by Elk River Studios, LLC. So then you go to the Secretary of State's corporate database and you find out the name of Elk river llc's principal and then the internet told me the rest dan sykes here at the illustrious elk river studios here in brewer maine it's early on the morning of our grand opening party it's been two long years of designing and constructing this i'm gonna pause that for a second he's a middle-aged 50 something 55 56 year old dude uh he's shaved head bald uh, he's wearing a heavy coat. And can you guys tell what's around his neck? Is that a whip? Yeah, it looks like a whip, bull whip or something. That is. That is a very, 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 very big whip. Okay. <laughs> so the guy walks around with a whip around his shoulders and neck. Special facility that is now going to be the headquarters of a multi-year worldwide adventure that we are about to go on that you are invited along with us. 
we are going to be punching, kicking, and whipping our way to profound relaxation by studying somatic arts and practices around the world. So let's start the episode off by checking out one of the places that is absolutely finished. Okay. So that's Dan Sykes of Elk River Studios, LLC. Uh, fellas, any thoughts or reactions to Mr. Sykes? Bad energy uh, looks like could potentially be some sort of Bitcoin miner bro pervert. It's not a good look. Uh, yeah, not not a good feeling from him, especially with the bullwhip. Doesn't add to it. Nothing positive. Yeah, he, he's got kind of an anal fixation, too, with his truth suppositories, which I'm really curious to hear more about. He looks like maybe he's involved in crypto or real estate or some sort of like maybe a, maybe a human potential uh, self-help cult. You both think he's maybe made his fortune perhaps from crypto, right? He looks like a crypto bro and he's a millionaire, but that's not how he made his fortune. Uh, any further guesses? Knowing that he's not a crypto bro, any idea of how he made his money? Selling bullwhips. <laughs> Marketing stolen artifacts. Yes, that's a good guess. Yes, yeah, like, he's kind of like Indiana Jones with that whip. Nope, he became super rich in the year 2010 with the sale of his mail-order Russian bride website that his wife started, which they sold for millions when they scaled it up. Uh, then they got divorced. But Andy, you were kind of right. These days, he's a wannabe influencer in the self-help and personal coaching sphere. So you you got that part, but um, he doesn't sell bullwhips. I, I haven't found that he sells bullwhips, at least. One more thing. I want to talk about that photo of the truck. You can see the vanity plate. Nathan, you're our vanity license plate expert. What's that say? Vanity plate expert analysis, uh, somatic, S-O-M-A-T-I-C, somatic. Okay, somatic, somatic healing is pretty big these days in the alt medicine, body working, health and wellness sector. I don't want to get bogged down in all the different modalities, but in a nutshell, it's supposedly about rewiring your nervous system, usually through some sort of orchestrated movement. And back in the early 1990s, I experienced a little bit of somatic healing myself uh, through slow motion rolling and body adjusting via this stuff called Rolfing and Feldenkrais, which are actually the two kind of most famous somatic uh, techniques. And I understand that some sorts of yoga and stretching are also apparently used somatic theory, but Dan Sykes' approach is noticeably more pain-inducing. And according to the promo material for his book, which is called Somatic Fanatic, which is also the name of his podcast, Sykes uses a combination of healing modalities, including Russian military martial arts, stick massage, and cold water immersion. And he used those things to recover from like a midlife crisis after becoming a millionaire and then splitting up with his Russian wife. And these days, out of his Brewer mansion, he offers those same techniques to clients. Okay, fellas, now I'm going to play some more video from Elk River Studios, LLC. And I'll, I'll explain what's happening to the listener, but I, I want you guys to watch closely and because I want your reaction to this kind of... Um, uh, massage that you're going to see here all right it's uh it takes place in a studio there's one man sitting on another man's back and he's got these two really big sticks and he's like pushing them hard into the spine and oh, shoulder ow it hurts watching it <laughs> and then there's uh you know another there seems to be all men here and now we see 
uh, a half-naked man on top of another half-naked man, and the other half-naked man almost appears passed out after getting uh, <laughs> these sticks uh, stuck back. It's Russian stick therapy. Uh, thoughts on this, fellas? When do the whips come out? That's what I'm wondering. I want to see some whipping going on of those bare backs. Absolutely. More whips, more whips, uh, more skin. Seems kind of cultish, a little bit eyes wide shuttish. Uh, yeah, and, and not relaxing. It's basically, uh, you know, drumsticks shoved into your spine. So maybe some sort of fetish stuff going on. It's yeah, I mean, it warrants more investigation no matter what. A little bit homoerotic to me. I mean, you've got everybody's very glistening, man-on-man uh, -man action. And when you see the half-naked guy on top of the other half-naked guy, that's like an aerial view. The camera is way above. So you can actually see the hair going down his back into his ass crack. <laughs> and it's like all glistening with sweat. This is an unlisted video uh, that I found. I, I can't even remember how I found this video. But it takes place in the, the Brewer place. And... That somatic Russian stick bodywork, it looks like it hurts. Yeah, I don't understand why people want to do that. You know, like when I don't want a massage, I, I want a like nice, relaxing massage, you know, like my wife will give me a massage or whatever. If she grabbed some thick sticks and just started grinding them into my back, you know, I'd be like, what the fuck? Well, did you notice there was a guy that almost looked like he was passed out, like he wasn't moving when they got done with it? Because here's here's the side effect of Russian stick massage. It's something called the vasovagal response. Have you ever heard of that? Do you know what vasovagal response is? No. Mm -mm. No, what is it? Vasovagal response is a stress response the body has that you actually shut down. You faint or you go unconscious. And that's one of the side effects of the Russian stick massage and some of the other stuff that we'll see is that you can get knocked out uh, from it. And it happens on a fairly regular basis. And I think it's scared off a lot of normies from this sort of somatic training. They'd prefer the Rolfing or Feldenkrais that I had, which is really very gentle. It's kind of like manipulating the body, trying to retrain your body. You know, let's say almost trying to retrain your posture. But this is a uh, pain 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 and oddly enough one of uh, sykes's sideline businesses is called pain works okay uh so obviously he thinks that pain as opposed to softness works and and pain and stress works and he apparently digs that because uh, let's go back to the video here we're going to watch another little clip from the elk river studios checking out one of the places that is absolutely finished downstairs in the basement we got a special treat for you come on downstairs in the basement right this is our cold pool 50 degrees fahrenheit 10 degrees celsius very cold. okay i'm gonna pause this he's in the basement he walks with his whip over his shoulder yeah uh, he's wearing a, a black t-shirt his uh stand he's standing over this square pool that is deep and filled with ice water and it's a uh, definitely in the basement and uh it's a cold pool let's see what happens next but i figured for the first episode why not start off our great adventure together by trying out our brand new cold pool whoa okay i'm gonna calm down wow He's very cold. I'm in the 
Oh, even the camera. Whoa. He's in a lot of pain. Oh, oh, it my legs are in pain. Nipples could cut glass. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that is nothing. There's so much more coming. I almost feel like my testicles retracted just watching that video. Oof. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, that's the episode of his former podcast, which was called Emergency Fish Party. I don't even want to go into the explainer on that other than to say Emergency Fish Party predated his somatic fanatic, and it was basically him and a bunch of Russian guys going around hitting each other with sticks. And again, <laughs> I'm assuming whips, but I, I didn't see any of the whipping. Oh, God. But uh, either one of you fellas ever do any cold water immersion like that? Oh, Andy has. I've done it before in Taiwan with like a sauna and uh, um, and one of those sort of hot tubs uh, at the at the hot springs. Um but like what I find interesting about this guy is that he has all these like pain inducing things that he does in his basement. It's looking like a spa and this doesn't seem like a sort of spa activities. Like it seems like you should just open a dungeon or something like that. Like Exactly. That's what I was thinking. You should just have a dungeon. Absolutely. The aesthetics are all off. It, it's, it's really, um, discombobulating and you can market that to people who actually want to be whipped and beaten with a stick as opposed to people who are going to him for back pain that's one of his big things back and neck pain i'd be like those sticks are going to cause more back and neck pain than any of the pain i have right now <laughs> when you mentioned that andy about uh, your experience in taiwan I, I think about a couple times i've been in a sauna in maine in the woods and then i jump out or we jump out and roll around in the snow and then you go back in the sauna it's kind of a very cleansing sort of thing but that is different than jumping into a pool of ice. I, that's that's a lot more hardcore, I think. But this wasn't his first cold water immersion, though. This was his second time doing it. So we're going to watch one more video here. And this one takes place in Roswell, New Mexico, which is uh, huge with the UFOologist. And it takes place uh, kind of in front of a, looks like a, almost a Stonehenge uh, sort of statue. And there's a bunch of white guys in their boxer briefs walking in the snow. That's all they've got is their boxer briefs on. Already feeling anxiety just from my feet being cold. He's got a Home Depot five-gallon bucket filled with ice water. Oh! Pouring <laughs> it over their heads. Oh! Oh, God. <laughs> now you see the guy on the left is into it and handles it fine. But here's what psych... How, how much money did they raise for ALS research? Exactly. <laughs> they weren't doing that. that that's that's kind of too uh, bouge for them. Wow. Uh, he he looks very cold, and he look he's in a lot of pain, but he knows he's on camera, and now it's time for them to take a second five-gallon bucket of ice water. Uh, and he starts to pour. Oh. Jump cut away. Uh, and a jump cut to what did he top do? of my head. <laughs> <laughs> jump cut to post. Well, you don't have any insulation. Wow, his head is really, 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 really red. He's like a beat. What's the science behind this? I want to know. Top of my head. They say when you dive into a pool of water, theoretically, 
your head goes in first and your brain almost has like a micro fever reaction. They actually call it micro fever. And it's like uh, supposed to kind of jolt you back into uh, uh, maybe some sort of awareness. Again, I don't see the point of it. Um, It turns out, though, that the stick massage and the cold water dunking are, are, are just part of Sykes's technique to relieve stress via the somatic therapy. And it's part of his practice of, get this, fellas, a Russian military martial art known as Sistema. Okay, have you heard of Sistema? No. No. Okay, then we'll go down the Sistema rabbit hole for a second. It's supposedly an ancient Russian martial art, and the folkloric retelling of it is that back in the Middle Ages, the Russians were fighting people from the north, the south, and the east and west, and that their warriors would steal basically the fighting techniques from the various attackers. So there's um, kind of like a judo element to it. Um, There's also uh, lots of slapping in it, uh, by the way. Um, (laughs) So it was like historically Russian. And uh, then uh, when the Russian revolution happened and the Bolsheviks took over, they kind of banned the early version of Sistema because it was part of Get this, the Russian Orthodox Church. So you have a lot of Russian Orthodox Church chuds doing this kind of martial arts. And again, the folklore is that the the commies just were like, oh, we don't know how to fight very well. And then someone said, why don't we do the Sistema technique? So then the commies apparently adopted the Sistema military martial art and only taught it to the KGB and the GRU. And it became this kind of like top secret um, fighting technique uh, used by the KGB. And um, apparently it's a good martial art to practice if you're not in the most peak physical shape. And um, it's kind of like judo. And it's regularly mocked in the martial arts community because while it's like judo, it's really, really, really slow motion. Everything happens in super slow motion. And uh, there's a there's a story in a um, it's it's satire, but it's in a, a martial arts magazine I found online that mocks the Sistema fighting technique, and it has this fake news story about a Sistema instructor who was knifed in a fight, and his excuse was because the knife wasn't moving in slow motion. That's why he wasn't able to, uh, you know, knock the knife out of the guy's hand because the stabber was moving <laughs> quick. But just so you know, uh, Vlad Putin uses uh, Sistema, supposedly, as part of his judo style. So uh, either one of you going to sign up for Sistema classes? Uh, I don't think I'll sign up. I'm pretty sure now that I've heard the description, though, that Steven Seagal has signed up. And there's plenty of videos of him online doing the slap boxing and flipping people over and destroying his opponents all in slow motion. But Yeah. <laughs> Good for Vlad for getting in on this. It is a slow motion martial art, apparently. Which, you know, if I'm lined up against a chud, let's say I'm going to fight a chud, right? And he comes at me with either this whip or these sticks or a bucket of cold water or he tries to slap me or whatever. You know, I'm I'm just going to pull my gun out and shoot him. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get in the (laughs) hand-to-hand combat. I also noticed that uh, actually the character Colin in Street Fighter uh, 
four, I think. Oh, Street Fighter five use Sistema techniques. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's just like a lot of slapping. It's like I'm slapping you. But um, I mean, is that supposed to be like his superpower? Is that he can use that? I think that's like his 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 fighting style. So <laughs> I I don't know. I, I I don't I don't think I've ever played that character, but uh, sounds exciting. There are lots of videos online that you can find of Sistema fighting, Sistema training, and it was brought to the West by a close colleague of uh, Sykes who set up in Canada and apparently teaches hundreds of hundreds of people a year because now uh, there are a couple hundred places in the United States where you can actually learn Sistema. There's also a uh, connection between the mind and body and spirit and soul. You know, it gets really kind of woo for a, for a bunch of chuds fighting, but um, he swears by it and that's his modality that he is selling from his studios in Brewer, Maine. Okay, so that's the background on this guy. Obviously, Sykes is a kind of pitchman coach. I guess I would call him a wannabe influencer and a self-proclaimed healer and who uses pain <laughs> and social media to promote these various endeavors. He's got like a three-day intensive at the Elk River Studio Retreat there in Brewer, and it costs about ten grand for three people to go uh, do that, and you, you get the use of the cold pool there. But uh, he also has something, uh, an online portal. It's called somaticlab.live, and it's a for eighty bucks a month. Uh, you sign up and you get access to various training and coaching videos. So obviously, he's a serial entrepreneur. He's got lots on his plate. And let's get back to this. I'm wondering. Was he also going by the name Major Hassel? And was he the guy vowing to insert quote unquote truth suppositories into Maine's political anus? <laughs> All right. So I reached out to the dude and amazingly he returned my call. Turns out he was in Las Vegas for a conference and he had some time to kill before attending an Aerosmith concert, his second Aerosmith show in as many weeks. He's big into Aerosmith. And I am not going to replay the entire 67-minute conversation. It's, it's just too long. And honestly, I don't want to platform any more of this dude's message than what is absolutely necessary for telling the story. That being said, this first clip is about five minutes long. Uh, but I think we should let Dan Sykes, in his own words, explain himself. So let's go to the tape. My first question, I guess, would be, are you Major Hassel? Major Hassel is a, I, I guess, a persona I, I'm developing for, for as the, uh, you know, the guy who, um, I, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I've only been aware of this issue of, uh, and for me, there's really two issues at, that have prompted me to become active. I've never been politically active in my life. It's the, part of the reason I moved to Maine was uh, I'm from New York City, where the culture requires you to be, to care very deeply about every conceivable issue every day, all the time. And I just sort of after 40 years of that had enough, and I moved to somewhere where I could care a whole step less about everything. Um, so, but Earlier this summer, I saw this movie called uh, What is a Woman? And 
it really triggered something very deep in me about two aspects of what's going on, um, and really only two aspects. You know, because I have no problem with transgender people of any kind. I, I'm, I'd say I'm practically a libertarian in my outlook, and I'm a, like a uh, old. You know, I'm 56 years old, so I'm definitely in the old school human rights um, feeling, which are apparently trying to be outdated now by this new philosophy. And, and two things I really have a major problem with. The, the first one is it shocked me. I had no idea that there's gender reconstruction surgery being done on minors in the United States. And I have no idea how this is legal to happen. And it needs to stop happening immediately. And it got me to the point where I said to my business partners, guys, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to remain silent about this. This is fucked up. This cannot be happening in the United States, and it needs to be stopped. Uh, and the other thing I have is this um, undermining of the democratic process and how the advocates in that film and others that I've sort of researched since then have this attitude of... Uh, we're going to teach this to young kids in school against the will of their parents. And even though there's an 86% suicidality rate among transgender people and a 40% suicide attempt rate, we're going to present this to kids as a perfectly normal, healthy lifestyle choice, whether their parents want us to or not. Okay, I have to pause the tape here because Sykes couldn't provide any research to back up any of those claims or those numbers. And I just want to be 100% clear. Gender reassignment surgery on minors is very, 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 very rare in the U.S. And at, actually, at this time, there are uh, no facilities in Maine that actually can do that uh, type surgery. Uh, but later in the conversation, he'll return to those numbers. And when I asked him about it again, he told me to go do my own research. So I'm not going to take his number seriously if he can't back it up. All right, I'm going to go back to the tape here. I'm also a certified consent instructor, and that non-consensual approach and this, um, there's no such thing as a concerned parent. There's only hateful bigots. You know, you either agree with us or you're a hateful bigot who's unworthy of discussing this stuff. So we are not going to present a case to society. We're just going to tell society this is the deal. You're going to use these words. We are going to operate on your kids, whether you like it or not. And that's that. And um, I just felt something had to happen. So my, in looking at the guys that were that are you know in the in the world of of advocacy against these two things, you know they're very very. Uh, I mean, Matt, the guy that did the the what is a woman. He's he's very pretty neutral in his approach. Um, the other guys have a bit of a you know a chip on their shoulder in the way they come across, and I felt like a little Mark Twain approach to things might be better. So I decided I am going to do what I'm going to do um, with this um, persona of Major Hassel. And we can keep fun fonts and fun storytelling and keep it as light as possible and 
dive into trying to uh, ultimately what we're going to be doing as this uh, truth cube is that we're building is brought uh, around Maine, and we're going to make it impossible for the press to ignore this. Uh, but we're not going to protest. We're just going to put signs up. Um, and we have to guard the signs because every time we walk away from the signs, the signs are gone instantly. I went to get a cup of coffee the other day and 10 of my signs were gone 20 minutes later. So we're going to just be, um, putting signs up and, uh, and the signs will just have two purposes. One to state facts and one to ask pointed questions of people. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here, and I can't stress this enough. Gender reassignment surgery on minors in the U.S. is very, 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 very rare. And then secondly, this snowflake was triggered by a movie, and that's what inspired him to think about launching these two citizen referendums. The name of the movie, in case you didn't catch it, is called What is a Woman? and was made by a couple currently famous and influential chuds named Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro of the right-wing website Daily Wire. Nathan, what could you tell us about those dudes? Well, first off, just wow at that clip. That guy is a complete idiot. To even say that Matt Walsh would be a neutral player in this when he works for a website who is unabashedly known for its right-wing slant uh, and are proud of that, actually, right, uh, would is just beyond me. So Ben Shapiro, uh, he is a Harvard-educated lawyer, allegedly open and ongoing investigations, a 5-1 Harvard-educated uh, lawyer who used to write for the far-right website Breitbart. Uh, during the 2016 election, he left the outlet over alleged differences with Steve Bannon because the site was writing too much pro-Trump stuff. Uh, and he went on to found, Ben did, the far-right propaganda outlet, The Daily Wire, which was also just Trump sycophancy. He launched the Daily Wire with the backing of uh, two fracking billionaires, Dan Howard Wilkes and uh, Ferris Cullen Wilkes. So gives you a sense of where they're getting their funding and they're getting their angles. Um, Daily Wire, like a lot of other right-wing clickbait farms, has a model where they generate no original reporting, uh, including what is a woman. Uh, their shtick is just really regurgitating others' reporting with a far-right spin. Oftentimes, they attack marginalized groups. Uh, the LGBTQ community is a favorite target of theirs. Uh, Muslims are a favorite target of theirs. And they really stop at no lanes just to own the libs. That's their whole thing. They sell merchandise that says, uh, we're drinking liberal tears, really corny, lame stuff like that, that your middle-aged boomer, uh, Facebook-obsessed parents might buy. And um, the edgelord kids who are living on 4chan will... Um, take pictures of themselves and share it on slash poll or something. It's total garbage. Shapiro himself rose to fame, as did the Daily Wire, really through these series of Ben Shapiro destroys videos that he puts on YouTube, which feature Shapiro, uh, an almost 40-something-year-old man, again, has a Harvard Law degree, uh, quote-unquote, owning liberal college freshmen. So he puts that these kids in front of a massive crowd, tries to embarrass them with fast-talking right-wing takes about things like gender identity, Black Lives Matters, protests or abortion. Uh, and while it is super cringe, uh, it actually, the approach has really been working. Uh, just a year ago, this is Axios reported this, uh, the Daily Wire's 12-month revenue uh, in 2020 hit 100 million for the first time. Um, in January, they hit 100 million. Whoa, 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 whoa. $100 million in one year. 
Yeah, their 12-month revenue. Yep, $100 million. That's all ads? Uh, a lot of ads. They're selling merchandise. Is there a membership as well? Membership fees, uh, merchandise, uh, events that they put on. They're wow. doing a whole wealth of different content now, right? Like, what is a woman? So they're putting out all sorts of different stuff. $100 and- million, I just can't believe they make $100 million. That is mind-boggling. They're also making films, too, aren't they? Like, uh, like Hollywood-style films? Yeah. Yes, I, actually, they. I remember that. They, they uh, did that school shooting film. Uh, that uh, was from the shooter's perspective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With Thomas Jane was in it, unfortunately. Thomas Jane is awesome. Uh, the movie, I actually have watched that movie and it's not terrible. Uh, side note about that is the director and writer of that is actually from Portland, Maine. Yes, Kyle. Kyle and I were friends back in the day. <laughs> when I, I actually saw the story in the Daily Beast. I remember tipping Busby off at Maynard. I wrote about it. Kyle was uh, Kyle and Ephraim. Ephraim's a great dude, a filmmaker. It was no longer associated with Kyle, but Kyle, uh, Kyle Rankin. Yeah, a lot of people in Maine know Kyle Rankin. His family's been here forever, and yeah, obviously he took the cash. Uh, I don't remember Kyle as being a chud really, uh, but he's a filmmaker who is in the big leagues so when shapiro uh if i recall took over production i think there's a separate production company in the middle that had some weird uh sexual harassment claims yes and then uh, the daily wire bought it and then got distribution and i don't think it did very well i don't think the movie did very well so okay so Keep on going. That's crazy. I had no idea there was so much money involved. Yeah. I mean, this is a billion dollar business, essentially, right? They're making a hundred million a year. It's up from roughly 65 million that they made in 2020. So within two years, I mean, it's ballooning basically. Um, Yeah. I mean, not good. Uh, And so, I mean, while the company built its foundation on Shapiro's fame, kind of what we've been talking about now, they've expanded into a lot of other content types. And Shapiro himself is... And this was their goal was to make him a right wing celebrity. He has a top 10 podcast uh, on the Apple podcast store. The Daily Wire news website gets about 30 million views a month. Uh, And really their recent growth, while they piggyback on Shapiro in the beginning, recently uh, they've really focused on wooing other far right media personalities, enticing them with lucrative offers to make the most fringe, ridiculous content that they can. Um, and make all sorts of different types of content, live streams, movies, like we've been talking about, or podcasts. For instance, uh, Candace Owens, who once said Hitler was okay if he didn't leave Germany, and far-right cult leader Jordan Peterson, who... Whoa, 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 whoa. Could you please please explain for the listener who Jordan Peterson is? Yeah, he warrants a little bit of explanation here. So he is a professor of psychology, uh, used to be former professor. He's now been kicked out, canceled by the woke uh, college administration at University of Toronto, who has a cult of incels. Essentially, he writes a series of books, things like clean up your room and your life is going to be OK. And while it's self-help, he interjects all sorts of far right ideology into his writings. Um, and yeah, he speaks to uh, a base that needs direction and he leads them down a rabbit hole that ends at white supremacy and fascism uh so a not good person candace owens uh, and jordan peterson both now have podcasts and live stream shows for the daily wire peterson right now i think is going through uh the old testament and teaching that so it's a round table of 
pseudo intellectuals talking about the Old Testament for incels. Um, and they make boatloads of cash off that. Matt Walsh, an early recruit for the outlet, he has a top ranking podcast, but he's also producing these idiotic documentaries like the one that was mentioned by Dan Sykes, What is a Woman, where essentially he goes around harassing non-binary people about gender. Uh, he tries to find cases like go up to a furry and says, oh, you identify as a wolf, right? Uh, why don't you howl for me? Uh, and, you know, spreads lies and makes it seem as if any toddler can walk into an emergency room and say, oh, hello, sir. One surgery, please. I'd like to, you know, be a little girl now. And that's OK. So it's just it. none of this is based in any stats or any factual cases. Um the vast majority of their garbage is just regurgitating really played out right wing jokes like you're identifying as an attack helicopter uh, and their idiot fans, of course, lap that slop up. Uh, but yeah, as I mean, as the company grows, as the Daily Wire grows, their content has just become more extreme. There's been direct ties to Shapiro, Walsh and the Daily Wire content inciting violence uh, against the LGBTQ community. Uh, and I mean, in the past, their works have been cited in legal cases as inspiration for mass shootings and other treacherous acts. So while it's easy to laugh about Ben and his little uh, group here, um, say that he's 5'2", five 5'1", five can't ride a roller coaster, uh, they actually are just terrible people and they're idiots uh, and they actively put marginalized people at risk. So uh, yeah, not good that their national propaganda is leaking down to here in Maine um, and to, to a millionaire. To a millionaire. To a guy with the, the resources to play with this. Andy, w your thoughts on Matt Walsh? Yeah, so, I mean, Matt Walsh, uh, it, it's interesting. He's kind of one of those okay groomer guys who's always obsessed with um, attacking uh, transgender people as being groomers. Uh, but he has this long history of <laughs> making some kind of cringy posts about saying that, uh, you know, when Josh... Duggar, the pedophile, was sentenced to prison. Uh, it was the great. He couldn't imagine a greater miscarriage of justice. Uh, and he's often said that uh, sixteen-year-old girls are are prime breeding stock um, because they're uh, at their at their top fertility uh, level. <laughs> so I mean, the guys, the guys, a dirtbag. Uh, yeah, neutral source, right? Just a totally neutral source. That's a total neutral source. Like John, uh, what do you say, Mark Twain? Yeah, Mark Twain. Just Matt Walsh <laughs> is just like Mark Twain. Just neutral sources who want the truth. That's that's all they're out for. They just want the truth. Well, well Sykes guys. Sykes is claiming he's Mark Twain, so there's right. going to be a conflict between Walsh and Sykes because they can't both be Mark Twain. Uh, well, these people are really, really, really bad. Both of you say, I, you know, at I hate that we even have to talk about them, you know, but this is showing that their impact is going to be felt and not only in Maine, but in communities across the United States because they're so huge. I, I mean, I knew they were big, but I didn't know they were that big. Uh, let's go back to the tape here and let's hear what uh, Sykes has to say about Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is, is a guy who his arguments are very excellent, but his his mannerisms seem harsh to me, you know, and I'm not sure that um, it's going to work with everybody. And really what I'm hoping is that before it's too late um, to remind everyone that there's 999 of us 
for every one of them, and they cannot just roll over our society unless we allow them to. And it might be time to state our limits. And I think the reasonable limits are opt out for parents and no surgeries on minors. And I'm hoping to make an example in Maine and then pursue it nationally as well. Okay. Uh, Reaction to that, fellas? Yeah, it actually reminds me of when Matt Walsh was just on Joe Rogan's podcast and Joe Rogan actually fact-checked him and was correct in fact-checking Matt Walsh when he said, there's millions of these kids getting, you know, young killed children getting gender reassignment surgery. And then Joe says something like, you know, just like, oh, Jamie, fact-check that for me. And usually they pull up just the first thing, whatever, you know, the Google News RSS feed sends them, which they're looking at conspiracy nonsense. So it's usually something terrible. But even in that case, it brought up the fact that this happens like hundreds of times, not millions of times. So and Matt Walsh is like, oh, well, I'll have to re- I'll have to do my research on that one. But that's the whole thing. It's just all of this is fake. There's this isn't based in any sort of reality. The numbers they use are horribly exaggerated. It's just yeah, it's just complete garbage. Well, there's no way to get real numbers anyways, because first of all, it happens so rarely. I don't even, I don't think it's in the hundreds. I think it's in the dozens. I mean, there is some uh, gender um, kind of hormonal therapy for some teenagers, but, you know, people in the transgendered community aren't encouraging children for this surgery. And nobody wants this. So it's fake. Like you said, Andy, any thoughts on his uh, view of Ben Shapiro? I just thought it was funny. He said that his mannerisms seem a little harsh. (laughs) (laughs) Ben Shapiro is such a motor mouth little wiener. Like he's just like, like I I wouldn't consider him harsh. I would just consider him annoying. Maybe the thing that I have a problem with in this also is he, he, he says, and I'm quoting him here to remind everyone that there's 999 of us for every one of them. And, you know, I didn't interrupt him. I'm not sure what he's talking about. The 999 to one, I think he might mean doctors who perform gender reassignment surgery, or he might mean the people behind teaching gender theory at school, or he very well could mean uh, members of the transgender community. I'm not sure, because he keeps on trying to say that he's not anti-trans, okay? But regardless, this rando millionaire in Maine gets inspired by these Shapiro and Walsh. I mean, not even... I wouldn't call it inspired. I'd say radicalized, right? i say he's radicalized them. But by his own admission, uh, Sykes says he's not a political guy. But after watching one bit of Walsh Shapiro disinformation, the money man's first action was go park his truck with that lame sign in front of a local high school, which to me seems like a total groomer move, right? I mean, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, very normal stuff. Sykes tells me that this John Babs truck parking was just a trial, okay? He said, next up is a series of larger events in front of Maine high schools with this brand new, uh, I think it's a maybe a 16-foot trailer he, he bought, a tractor supply for a couple grand that he covered with these large signs like the one in the back of his uh, truck. I'm sorry, those large signs. We'll go into those later. Truth suppositories, right? I'm trying to protect you kids with your, with these truth suppositories. Look, look. He just needs to give a couple of kids a truth suppository. It's normal, all right? He wants yeah. them to know the truth. He needs them to be taught right, right? Yeah. Okay, groomer. <laughs> so, again, he calls this rig the truth cube, right? And attached to the trailer, according to Sykes, is a balloon 
on a 125-foot tether. Let's, let's go to the tape and hear more about this. And we're going to do a thing where the cube is set up, and we have a balloon we're making that's going to go 125 feet in the air. That's a truth cube with a, an arrow pointing down. And then we've got hundreds of smaller signs that are going to be around the truth cube. And we're going to set up this truth cube at various places for a couple hours, watch it, remind people that if they take the signs, they're violating the law. Da, 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 da. We're going to document what happens. Um, and ultimately, what I'm looking to do, we're trying to ra- round up some um, legal help. We want to, I want to sponsor two referendum bills as soon as possible next year. Hopefully, if, if I don't know how quick that process takes because I'm pretty oblivious to politics. But I'm looking to get a referendum to ban uh, reassignment surgery on minors in Maine and to, like Florida, uh, have a mandatory opt-out for parents for schools that want to teach gender theory um, where parents can opt at least below a certain age, below 16 or whatever, but this elementary school nonsense. Parents have to be able to... I'm going to uh, stop the tape there um, because, again, he starts quoting fake stats uh, that he couldn't provide any research to support. I mean, that happened a bunch during the conversation. And like I said, we're not going to platform his fake numbers. There is one number I want to repeat, though, 125. I wonder why the Truth Cube's balloon tether is 125 feet, because uh, that's a very odd length of rope to purchase. Um, very strange. Uh, what do you guys think about the Truth Cube and the setup? These guys are so terrified of even people speaking the word transgender. I mean, like my four-year-old will see somebody that she can't figure out what gender they are and will be like, oh, that person is non-binary or maybe that person is trans or whatever it is. And these guys would love it if if they just banned those conversations altogether. Yeah. It's just, it's so creepy how obsessed they are with schools because they're just trying to make it as unpleasant at school as possible. I mean, agree with all of that. And also just the thing that stuck out to me is, quote, I'm pretty oblivious to politics. Yeah, no shit. And he's like, I'm trying to ban reassignment surgeries on minors in Maine. Well, there's no place you can even get a, you know, a reassignment surgery for minors in Maine. So, yeah, pretty oblivious. The whole conversation drove me crazy because I, I didn't want to debate him, right? That You can't debate these guys, but I, I wanted to get more into perhaps the motivation of why he was doing this. And every time I asked him that, he goes, oh, it's because of the movie. But I, I went on to ask him why he chose John Bapp's high school for his first action. Because it was private. It's in Bangor. It's close. And I didn't want to yet deal with the public school um, machine. This was a test to see what would happen. It was very clear after that test, it was very clear that once we build this cube, uh, we can create displays when it's hundreds of signs that will be impossible for the press to ignore. And that was what the test was all about. Is this going to be an effective way of not having a protest? There's no danger of any violence because there's nobody there. It's just signs. Um, you know, we put them up in a legal way. We mark them. Bing, bing, bing. No one can take them down. They're legally protected. We get to say what we're going to say, and then we pack it all up and go hit another school. And, and ultimately, what the campaign will be is a tour in Bangor, Augusta, and Portland of doing this over and over 
in front of schools um, as a means of generating awareness, press coverage, which will lead into announcing the, you've got to get signatures or whatever the process is for getting something on the ballot. So we want to build this community of people who feel that both of these things should be stopped. And that's the basic plan. Simple. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, again, he chattered a lot in there, but basically he's going to bring this truth cube trailer with the balloon on a tether to schools and Bangor, Augusta and Portland doing it. I'm quoting him here over and over in front of schools as a mean of generating awareness and press coverage. Okay. Surefire way to get a restraining order from the school. To me, what's really crazy about this is that he's going to put hundreds of signs in the ground. And when I asked him when he was going to do this, he's like, well, we're going to be doing it you know, right away because we have to do it before the ground freezes because these signs are like political <laughs> signs and you can't get them in the ground when the ground freezes. So when we spoke, he was getting ready to go on tour to Bangor and Augusta and Portland. All right, let's go back to the tape here. And you call these signs truth suppositories? Is that accurate? They're truth. Yes, I do. I saw the one that said, which should kids be allowed to do first, uh, buy a beer or cut off their genitals? So you're saying that this is with a, a sense of humor. And I got to say, I, I'm not sure this is <laughs> this is funny. This stuff isn't really that funny. I, I'm not sure where the Mark Twain thing comes in. This stuff is not funny. It's not funny at all. It, it, it's... Um not very different than the Nazi death camps, in my opinion. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're saying what? What is what is like the Nazi death camps? I'm saying experimental surgeries on children. If it's not cool for Dr. Mengele to do it, it's not cool for Dr. So and So in Atlanta or Miami Beach to do it either. Come on. Or anywhere else, children should not be getting carved up for profit by these people. But as far as you know, it's not happening in Maine right now, correct? I have no, I have no idea whether it is or not. Uh, we're going to get back to the Nazi death camps in a second, but I, I read the sign to him that says, what should kids be allowed to do first, buy a beer or cut off their genitals? And I bring that sign up again later in the conversation, but I'm not going to play the tape because I didn't realize at the time I said this, but later on I realized actually uh, kids are allowed to cut off their genitals before buying a beer because you have to be 21 to buy a beer and you can cut off your genitals at age 18. So like the sign didn't even make sense. Uh, but, you know, none of the signs made sense. And then when he says the thing, it's, it's not very different than the Nazi death camps. I'm like, what? So I know you guys have seen this a lot, uh, but radical messaging like this, comparing doctors to war criminals, that's pretty standard disinfo tactic these days. I mean, I first saw that rhetoric back during the violent part of the pro-life movement in the 1980s and 90s that spawned the murder of doctors and constant death threats to those working who provided legal abortion services to American women, you know? And and nowadays we see the Nazi label, I, don't know, I see it by anti-vaxxers, like to label public health doctors, right? Talk about that, would you? Oh, they love doing that. They love comparing vaccines to experimental Nazi experiments. And we saw that here in Maine with one of our state legislators at an anti-vax rally, <laughs> Representative Heidi Sampson. Yes. Comparing like our uh, public health director and Governor Mills to Dr. Mengele. And it's just like. Yeah, I made national news. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> 
they're expecting like millions of people to just die at any moment after getting that COVID vaccine. I'm like, I'm still waiting. It's just so insensitive. It shows how unaware these people are. It, it just also seems very lazy to me. Like, oh, you can't come up with a better label than you know, calling someone Hitler. This is what I want to say about Sykes, though. Okay. As you hear, I think it's obvious that he's in way over his head. Like he, he had no clue that it cost at least a quarter million dollars to put a <laughs> referendum and he wants to do two of them. So that's a half million. Um, cause he didn't understand, uh, you have to pay for collecting signatures and that, uh, the number of signatures you need to get for each one of those referendums uh, is based upon 10% of the last total votes cast in a gubernatorial election. So that would mean because we had the largest turnout uh, in a long time in this last 2022 election, you need to collect 67,358 signatures to get a referendum on the ballot, which actually means you probably have to collect like 100,000 signatures because so many of the signatures on these ballot referendums are thrown out because the the uh, signature collector does it wrong or people are screwing with the signature collector. And I imagine there'd be lots of culture jamming if this kind of uh, referendum was out there where people would be signing it with fake names just to screw with Sykes. But he doesn't know how the system works. He doesn't get that. He's not very charismatic. He's not very savvy, not a good communicator. He's just like this weirdo with a ton of cash and a whip. You know, so he does have the ability to possibly finance a referendum. I know we know he's reportedly a millionaire. How many millions he has, I don't know, but he owns a lot of real estate, primo real estate in Maine that he has. But as we know, you got to be an organizer type uh, to get a referendum on the ballot. So it seems like, at least from his online persona, he's the sort of guy who starts lots of projects, but doesn't necessarily finish them or succeed adam and that's just i i feel just more part of being the privilege of being a rich white dude <laughs> about a half hour into our conversation though i might have screwed up by asking sykes if he had any interaction with the local mainers the nerd-do-wells who are already actively spreading you know transphobic hate and disinformation so let's go back to the tape in maine there's a guy Larry Lockman, uh, a former state representative, uh, Sean McBride, who's another activist uh, from the. Uh, let me uh, let me get to my computer for one second because I want I want to stop. Okay. Yeah, so like I'm hooking this guy up with uh, like he doesn't know anybody in Maine. Oh no! Great job. <laughs> I give him these names, and the the tape is even more painful because if I played it, I'd be, I'd be looking more like an idiot because I actually spelled out the dude's name for him. <laughs> you know, he's like, "How, how do you, you spell Sean?" Number? And I'm like, "S H A W A." That's amazing. <laughs> so I'm just hoping I didn't facilitate like a monstrous new alliance, you know, between the millionaire and the active local haters, who I think are much more dangerous than Sykes and broke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Andy, why don't you tell us about Larry Lockman and Sean McBrarity, what they've been up to lately. Larry Lockman is this longtime far-right activist, uh, just a notorious bigot. Uh, he's he's probably best known uh, across the land for a viral meme that included his quote, if a woman has the right to an abortion, she shouldn't, uh, why shouldn't a man be free to use his superior strength to force himself on a woman? At least the rapist pursuit of sexual freedom doesn't, in most cases, result in anyone's death. So, you know, that sums up Larry Lockman in one neat little quote. Um, 
you know, his father, Vic Lockman, was a Disney comic artist who moonlighted drawing racist cartoons uh, attacking Martin Luther King in the 1960s and the civil rights movement. He drew uh, pro-South African apartheid comics for a Canadian white supremacist group in the 80s. uh, his father also illustrated, illustrated Larry's book, The AIDS Epidemic, A Citizen Guide to Protecting Your Family and Community from the Gay Plague. Uh, he was just a vicious uh, anti-gay activist in the 80s. Uh, he would write all these homophobic screeds. And he he was also, uh, you know, a, a scab at the mill where he worked. He formed a scab, scab union to break the real union at the mill. Uh, and then in the 2010s, uh, he got inspired by uh, the the uh, election of Governor Paul LePage, uh, one of our far right Tea Party governors. Uh, and so he ran and won a seat in the legislature um, and basically made his name attacking African immigrants and public school teachers, now transgender kids. He has an or, you know, this kind of white supremacist organization that goes around attacking these people. So he's a real sweetie. Uh, but he actually w- was not successful in the last election uh, with his slate of uh, right-wing chuds uh, that he endorsed. So that's some good news. Yeah, you guys know that I have a relationship with Larry. Uh, the listener can <laughs> uh, look up a story. I'm trying to remember what the, the name Main First. Main First Mania. Main first mania. Those pictures in that article are my first introduction to Crash, I think. When <laughs> when uh RuPaul LePage sent me some stuff from Mainer, he was like, Oh, check this out. You might you might like these guys actually. I infiltrated him because I want to find out who was actually behind this main first media. What we found out, and you can read the story, is that it was a guy Kansas, is that where he was? I'm trying to remember. Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, Mike LaFave. Uh, he was a Nebraska chud who was writing Maine First Media's anti-refugee rhetoric, publishing it from Nebraska, and we were able to figure out where he was, and uh, ultimately they shut it down. Anyways, uh, that's Larry Lockman. What about just something quick about Sean McBrearty? I mean, Sean McBrearty is like he rocketed to stardom um, and got on Tucker Carlson for – basically harassing school administrators and school board members over critical race theory. Um, he, he then got into, um, you know, uh, the whole anti-trans movement going after school board members. He's had, he's a libel lawsuit or defamation lawsuit against him for attacking public school teachers. He's just a big stalker. Um, and and he's really creepy. Larry kind of attracts these guys uh, who are just kind of like weird middle aged men who are not very stable and just fixate on certain things. Larry's a chud magnet. Unstable chud magnet. One thing about McBriarty, got to say, got to get this in here. Uh, Andy n- noted his rise to fame through Tucker Carlson and the interview with McBriarty and Tucker Carlson put out one of the best cryons in Tucker history where they were very unsure of what to label McBriarty because it's like, what do you call a guy that is like 50 years old and hangs out at schools all the time? So they were like or like elementary schools all the time. They're like, oh, uh, father of two banned from both of his daughter's high schools. 
And it was just like, oh God, like, yeah. So that that's him. That's his claim to fame. Yeah, he also got on Russian TV. They like covered him uh, for a story and he was labeled like a child civil rights activist. Yeah, right. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. We're lucky that Larry's slate of right-wing chuds lost their elections, uh, but it seems like they didn't get the memo after, after this last main election because they got squashed. So what's that mean for Augusta, Andy? Will there be transphobic bills introduced and by whom? I mean, I think there will be, um, but they're not going to go anywhere. It's just going to be a chance for all these guys to go up to Augusta and rant about trans people. It's going to be very ugly for people who are in the LGBT community. And then the legislature. You know, the Democratic controlled legislature is just going to kill them all. Nathan, what about on the on the national level? Will there be any legislative actions in the House by this new chud wing of, of the GOP? I hope not. I mean, the thing there was an interview actually with Adam Curtis, the documentarian for BBC, and he said something that kind of stuck with me just about politics in general right now, which especially applies to the right wing. It is no one really knows where power lies. So they're not sure who to go after, even like who has power. And so that's just leads them to going and attacking whoever they find is woke in this moment, whether it's Disney or some who knows, a petroleum company at some point, like in all of it is nonsensical. Um, and they just kind of pull these disparate groups into the culture war. So who knows? I hope not. But they're just confused, I think. Um, I mean, look at this guy. He's he's parking outside of high schools with billboards in his truck. Like that's what he's doing with his life. So um, I think that kind of speaks enough to it we yeah we need to do something about woke petrochemical companies just like hey did you hear they're doing diversity equity and training (laughs) exactly and none of it makes any sense right uh so the targets are all off they're spinning their wheels and very confused about who to attack and who's woke these days or who has any effect on the woke agenda because they don't know they don't know who has power Let's get back to Matt Walsh and his influence, because he's had some really bad influence lately. Nathan, why don't you tell us about the recent threats on the medical workers at the Children's Hospital in Boston? I'm going to preface this with some reporting from the Boston Globe. So since August, this is from a Boston Globe article. Uh, since August, Boston Children's Hospital, widely considered the top pediatric hospital in the country, has been the target of just a barrage of hate mail, death threats, uh, and vitriolic anti-Semitic messages Um, many of these messages were, uh, spurred and targeted at the LGBTQ community. And it really started, uh, with an anti LGBTQ, uh, Twitter account known as lives of TikTok, which Matt Walsh is super tight with amplifies, uh, that attacked the hospital for allegedly providing care to transgender children and teens. And what lives of TikTok tweeted out, not true at all. Uh, They said Boston Children's Hospital is now offering gender affirming hysterectomies for young girls. Uh, So Boston Children's Hospital has been providing transgender care since 2007. What they've actually been doing is one founded the first major program in the United States focused on gender diverse uh, transgender adolescents. The goal of this program, which is targeted at uh, kids age three to 25, what the hospital is doing is setting up meetings with psychologists and just providing resources and really just support for the family so that the family can help their children make the decisions that are best for them, right? So uh, it's providing support and resources for a family. 
apparently Matt Walsh uh, has a huge problem with this. And what people like Libs of TikTok or Matt Walsh will push on Twitter, which has led to bomb threats and death threats and hate mail, just huge barrages of this to the Boston Children's Hospital, is, again, they're saying that these kids, they're walking without their parents. There's this little boy says, hey, I want my penis chopped off. Uh, and the doctor says, sounds good, kid. Like, let's get the scissors. So uh, none of it is based in reality, right? Um, and Walsh, again, pushes the lie that these doctors are pedophiles and groomers, and it results in bomb threats to the hospital. Um, in reality, of course, none of the things that Matt Walsh is saying are happening. None of the things Libs of TikTok are saying are happening. The Children's Hospital does not cut off uh, toddlers' penises at will. In fact, um, to even qualify for a gender-affirming hysterectomy, for young girls, for instance, at Boston Children's Hospital, patients have to be 18 or older, must have a letter from a medical doctor stating that they have persistent, well-documented gender dysphoria. So uh, none of this is based in any sort of truth. Same with Sykes, who's getting his information again from a guy that also bases nothing in reality. Uh, it's just all fairy tales. And again, uh, confusion. And we have a perfect example of this. Uh, just this week on uh, Monday, the 5th of December, uh, a fella from Texas, Matthew Jordan Linden from Comfort, Texas, was uh, arrested and charged with one count of transmitting interstate threats. He apparently has been motivated by Walsh because this is the dude that called uh, one of the doctors at, uh, it's actually part of the children's hospital uh, or connected to it, the Fenway Institute. And uh, he left this voicemail. Um, you sick motherfuckers, you're all going to burn. There's a group of people on their way to handle the doctor in question. They, they put, they said his name and that you quote, signed your own warrant by castrating our children. You've woken up enough people and upset enough of us. And you just signed your own ticket and sleep well. Uh, so, that was the uh, day after the Boston Children's Hospital received a bomb threat. Well, let's get back to the millionaire, though, okay? Because all through our conversation, Dan Sykes kept on portraying himself that he was, like, on a mission to defend children and rescue them from these perverted evildoers. And as we all know, that you know that's that child-saving hero trope. Um, very dangerous kind of QAnon hero complex. So uh, let's go back to the tape. Are you familiar with QAnon? No, I've never heard of it. You've never heard of QAnon? The, it's a group that claims um, Hillary Clinton and Hollywood elites are drinking the blood of babies. You haven't heard that. I, I, don't, I don't pay attention to politics. I, I don't know anything about people who hate Hillary. I would have voted for Hillary. Uh, I, I couldn't because I knew she was going to No, I did vote for her, right. And it was disgusting, but I did vote for her because I couldn't vote for Trump. Couldn't bring myself to vote for Trump for you know for all the reasons. Um, but I, I don't belong to any groups. I don't belong to any groups. I don't. I don't trust any organizations. I don't control. Well, then next I asked Sykes if he thought that spearheading a referendum would have a negative impact on the Somatic Training Institute or Elk River Studios. Do you worry about the blowback? I don't feel that my worry in this situation justifies non-action. 
I think I bring a set of skills that uh, can help make these ghastly things stop happening. And it's shocking to me that they're happening in the United States. And um, I'm a very, very well-studied student of how tyrannies come to power. And the first thing you do is make people publicly admit something they know to be false. And then when shit goes bad, they're already used to that. And that's when the fringe elements take over. And this is what's happening. So like I said, this was a 67 minute long phone call and there's lots and lots of examples of Sykes dog whistling and telling me to do my own research, which grew tiresome. So, uh, I listened politely for the first half hour. And then I decided to critique his plan as one cis white male of privilege to another. You're trolling people with these, uh, your, your so-called suppositories. So you're trolling kids intentionally. I, I don't know what a troll is. Yeah, well, you're a troll. I don't know what a troll is. You should look it up. You're a troll. And you're going to look like an idiot. You're going to look like a very mean person spending all this money to uh, fight a problem that doesn't even exist in Maine. Did you ever have any experiences with transgendered folks at all? No. Do you have any transgender friends? I don't think so. If you're going to keep this cube going and you go in front of schools, everyone's going to be calling you a groomer or a pedo or something like that. And I would recommend you get away from that. You're a fascist. You want to... In what way? How am I the fascist? You are ganging up on a minority and making them to be the enemy. You're trying to use your money to, to influence politics in Maine. Yeah. You already admitted you don't know anything about politics. So it shows that you've got some sort of agenda. It seems like you're, it's a right-wing agenda. I can't believe you're trying to deny that you're transphobic. You're definitely transphobic, dude. Look in the mirror. You're transphobic. Well, that was my critique. Any suggestions on how I could have handled that better? No, I think you handled it appropriately. That's how you should handle people like this. I was just going to say you sounded very partisan, Crash. Um, I thought that that was uh, kind of a drive-by media hit job. Okay. But then, after 15 minutes of critique, Sykes really surprised me. You're going to the three largest cities in Maine high schools with your cube, your alleged truth cube, to make kids feel lousy about themselves. You could, you could do something better with your time by dealing with the adults as opposed to going to the schools. You're going to trigger kids at schools intentionally, that's just a low blow. You know, that, that's a reasonable thing to say. You know, we can put the truth cube somewhere else. It doesn't have to be at school. For a second there, I thought that maybe, you know, Sykes saw the light. However, the positive feelings were very short-lived. I want to get the attention of the 999 people out of a thousand who understand that this is not right. What's happening is not right. Okay, there's one more thing I was curious about. He always seemed to have this posse of, of other martial artists and professional rolfers and other body workers surrounding him. I know from personal work experience, because I once worked for a millionaire who owned an alpaca farm, that millionaires are surrounded by yes people. Nobody can check them. And that can result in some crazy stuff happening. Nobody has said to you, maybe we should reconsider doing this? No. Has anybody said to you, Dan, this isn't a good idea? You. I'm the first one? Yeah. Oh, boy, dude. Andy, it seems that lately in Maine that the alt-healing world has shifted from like a perceived lefty culture 
to this kind of nut job QAnon culture. Have you seen much of that? Yeah, we're definitely seeing that a lot in the kind of crunchy granola back to the land community. A lot of these people were sort of, I don't know, vaguely leftist maybe at some point, but they've been taken in by this sort of conspirituality is what they call it. And, you know, I, I think that there are beliefs around sort of new age beliefs of good and evil and all this stuff, sort of black and white views of the world made them conducive uh, to this kind of conspiracies. Um, and certainly, you know, the Nazis were really into new age esoteric stuff. So, you know, it tracks. This is not a good look for you. It's probably going to negatively impact your businesses. But if you're a millionaire, whatever, you know, you can, you're a millionaire Republican, you can afford to lose a quarter million dollars. I would recommend you, you, you remove this website tonight. I would recommend you burn those fucking signs and maybe think about a, a change in your life because this is lame. I'd say you're going to pay for this karmically. That's, it's not good. It's not a good look, dude. Maybe you just saved me a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> it's not happening in Maine, and there's no way it ever would be, then maybe this is the best phone call I ever got. Who knows? You fixed him. That's awesome. Oh, that gave me a laugh. <laughs> I was laughing hard. I had it on mute. That was hilarious, though. You're a little tough love. As soon as we got off the phone, he took down the website. He killed the Facebook page. Amazing. Maybe consider a change in your life. He did. He did. That's self-help. You did it, man. You're a self-help guru. Congratulations. <laughs> well, the thing is, I didn't fix him because the, the reason why he says, that, here's the reason why he says that he's he's going to give up. Well, then there's no way to fight because you guys are just going to make up, you're going to make up shit like this and tell me what I'm saying, even though I never <laughs> said it, and tell the world that I'm traumatized in some way. So if, if that's what I'm up against, then I guess there is no way to do it. Okay, so does that mean you're going to quit it? I guess he did quit it. And I got to say, I, I was pretty surprised that he gave up so quickly. I mean, it was only like 67 minutes. And he'd already printed all the signs and had the new trailer and the balloon and the website. And, you know, he had visions of legislative victory in his head. And then some podcaster calls him and he gives up the whole damn thing. Maybe he thought you were sent by a higher power. You mean like God? Maybe. I don't think he's religious. Well, it was a sign. You know how these people are kind of spiritual. They're spiritual, but not religious. Right. That's actually a big part of the Sistema training, believe it or not. It's like you've got like this energy you tap into for your fighting. So I guess he's going to go back to just um, stick massage and ice cold baths. And slow slapping. That's when you know you really care about your political project and you really care deeply and personally about your ideology when an hour-long conversation with a stranger can totally just make you throw everything you were planning in the toilet and flush it down immediately. Well, I just checked. Major Hassel's website, by the way, is still down. There's like a placeholder there. So I'm assuming he moved on to a new hobby or he's just getting back into the stick massage. Here's my concern, though. If Chuds like Walsh and Shapiro can inspire a dude like Sykes to get involved, it sucks to really imagine the influence that those haters have on your, like, run-of-the-mill, lone wolf, homegrown, right-wing terrorist who used to be fringe is now mainstream, and then, you know, got and you got a guy like Sykes, and it can be well-funded. I mean, that's that's pretty scary. There's been numerous proof points uh, in current day that Shapiro, especially, 
has been cited as an inspiration for lone wolf, alt-right, uh, legitimate terrorists who have shot up mosques and killed people. Um, and again, it's not, it's not, you can't link it. And this is always their plausible deniabilities. You can never link it directly to get someone to say, Oh, I, I listened to Ben Shapiro's video about how hundreds of millions of Muslims are going to be at my doorstep tomorrow to, you know, kill me and my family. Um, and that's why I went and shot up a mosque. They're never going to say that, but there's been numerous proof points where, uh, browser histories have come out, content history have come out of these alt-right uh, extremists who have consumed this content and then gone and done horrible acts. So, yeah, I mean, nothing good is coming from this. Um, aside from Shapiro, who's lining his pockets and uh, having a big payday with his idiot friends like Matt Walsh. So they just pick marginalized groups, demonize them until someone takes action. They said, Whoa, what? That wasn't me. I never meant for that to happen. And then they keep at it the next day. Yeah, uh, these people are not good. I hope they exit society uh, swiftly. Um, and the same goes for Sykes. Sorry, he got brainwashed by a bunch of morons. Well, I, I think that um, the money's there for Shapiro and those guys. They're not going anywhere until that money gets cut off. But I believe the term is, we haven't used it, I don't think, in this show, but the stoastic terrorism, right? Are you familiar with that? Stochastic terrorism is the idea that you're going to put out enough of this rhetoric, like in Ben Shapiro's case, he puts out enough rhetoric that is anti-Islam um, to the point that someone will believe that um, there is going to be someone from uh, that faith at their door ready to kill them the next day because it's going to reach a large enough number where it becomes a statistical probability that that will happen, that some uh, person will go and do that. So, you know, these people, like Andy said, hit a massive platform. So uh, there's a chance that these things happen and there's access to weapons and uh, they think they're at risk, literally. I feel like there are some lone wolves in Maine. And again, I don't want to mention them by name right now, but we see it in our own monitoring of the right that there are some loose cannons out there. Well, I was just going to say, I think that any therapist who works with young men can tell you that young white men are not okay these days. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of downwardly mobile, alienated young men who their lives didn't turn out the way that they thought they were. They were promised that they would have all these things in life and they find themselves to be downwardly mobile and they don't. They're alienated. They don't. They're disconnected from community. They're disconnected from institutions, and they're sad and angry, and they don't know why. And it's just really easy for these to find an outlet in in watching these guys like Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and others who can say, "No, this is the problem. All these people are your problem." I mean, it's an old story, right? But because you can get access to this 24 hours a day. They're just constantly getting spoon fed this stuff and getting more and more on hinge and they have easy access to guns. So there you go. Uh, I, I think that that's really what it's all about. And it's, it's a real crisis and we don't really know. We haven't addressed it at all. In future episodes, we're actually going to be talking about techniques of how to deal with disinfomaniacs. Uh, probably a little better than the way I dealt with this, Chad. But you know what? You, when you're dealing with a millionaire, sometimes you just got to yell and whip them, stick sticks in their backs, then throw them in an ice cold pool. 
Whoa. Okay. I'm going to calm down. I'm in the... Wow, 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 wow. Oh, even the camera. Fuck it. Whoa. Oh, my legs. My legs are in pain, but I'm calming down. Okay, so we're almost at the end here of the inaugural episode of Just Infomaniacs. And in future episodes, I think we're going to have this feature of final words of wisdom from Christiane Northrup. She's a former Maine doctor and woman's health expert turned QAnon believing vaccine denying uh, like precious metals huckster. Yeah, I mean, Christian Northrup is uh, a best-selling author, frequent Oprah guest, kind of pioneered this kind of woo-woo women's health movement in the 80s and 90s. Uh, But she's since got hardcore into QAnon um, and uh, is a real fierce anti-vaxxer. And so she's part of this whole uh, yoga mommy blogger, new age, crunchy granola hippie to fascist pipeline nathan how does she figure in like this national framework of disinfomaniacs uh i would say the christian fascist some just sort of spirituality is leading you to hate all these people because they're sinners and you can put whatever sins on them that you see fit uh it's just another form of othering we're gonna listen to this little bit that she recorded on her telegram channel the day after the election in maine in 2022 where she expresses belief that the 2022 elections must have been rigged. Hello, everybody. So it looks like number five is playing out, kind of the fastest way to bring this thing to a conclusion. Someone here in Maine where all of our freedom candidates lost, and they lost by margins that were impossible, um, that here's what we found out. (laughs) The Republican Party is not going to save us. That's God's job, okay? So, you know, just stay in your power and remember why you came to be here at this particular time. I, for one, am uh, just kind of thrilled that there wasn't some big, massive, murderous false flag. Um, You know, the sun still came up this morning. I'm doing sun gazing now, which I'm really loving, so that's like uh, 15 minutes before sunset which in Maine is, you know, 4.15 in the afternoon. Um, just, you know, letting the photons uh, into my body, pretending I'm a plant. Uh, I'm loving that ritual because it gets dark so early, but I feel like I'm getting a little extra, extra boost in these times when we need illumination, don't we? So do not despair. Isn't it, have you noticed? All these people who woke up and then voted for medical freedom are now seeing, oh my goodness, they stole this election in the United States. How is it possible to run out of paper for ballots? How is that? How is it possible to have half your machines suddenly not work, but only in heavily... uh, Republican or medical freedom areas. How is that? How is it possible that on American Idol they can count 50 million votes during a commercial break, but it's going to be weeks 
before they can do it in uh, Arizona. Really? (laughs) Oh, so keep standing in your power, everybody. Just keep standing. Just keep the faith. It's all going to be okay. As the meme I just posted and one of you shared, thank you. We did not come here to live under a totalitarian regimen. We came here as system busters to take this thing down. With me? Thank you for listening to The Crash Program. Please rate and review and subscribe wherever you download. It is extra helpful to rate and review at Apple Podcasts, by the way. Also, I'd appreciate your support via Patreon.com, where your monthly donation helps keep my journalism editorially independent and commercial-free. Visit CrashBerry.com for the details. He's big and strong. He's sad and mad. 